Now, time for McNamara on Money, sponsored by McNamara Financial Services. It's your lucky day. You get two advisors for the price of one. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed. And this is Kirk Reed. With McNamara Financial, your hosts for today's episode of McNamara on Money on 95.9 WATD. Alyssa and I are both certified financial planner practitioners, fiduciaries, and co-owners of McNamara Financial Services with offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford. McNamara Financial is an independent, fee-only, federally registered investment advisor. We work with clients like you every day, people that need help making sound financial decisions and people looking to check investment management off their list of things to worry about. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. You can join us on air at 781-837-4900. Alyssa and I spend plenty of time together, and we're happy to chat with somebody else. Any advice we give is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with your own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to, regardless of their level of income, assets, or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. My father likes to remind me that it's a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. That is why Kirk and I invite guests onto our show that have expertise in different areas of personal finance. We feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial, any of its advisors, or 95.9 WATD. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you find the show helpful and informative. Give us a call at the studio, 781-837-4900. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. I hope everyone's staying inside and staying warm today. Um, We are talking this morning about credit and all things surrounding um, credit and credit scores. And we have a special guest in the office, Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Thank you for being here so bright and early on a Saturday morning. Sure. It's great to be here with you all. Good. Um, So I very recently met Peter and Peter was kind enough to volunteer at our Smart With Money Fair this past week which mm-hmm. I thought was great and I hope it was a rewarding experience for you. It was. Um, and we very much appreciate your time being here. It was great that you volunteered and we discovered what you did for a living because we were just very recently talking about wanting to do a show surrounding credit, wasn't it? Well, just a few weeks ago? Yeah, it was, it was the last time Alyssa and I did a show which was either <clears throat> maybe, maybe two, weeks, two weeks ago and something came up and we started talking about that and we said we haven't really done a show yeah. like that and we really didn't know who where to start and and then Mary Beth said well we have yes. Peter Mullen who's volunteering at the the mm-hmm. fair and she's like let's ask him yeah and it's great sometimes we do get calls in the office oh. of people just looking for a resource in that regard and um, up until recently, we actually weren't sure where to direct people. So this is fantastic. So, um, Peter, I'm going to give you a few minutes to just, can you give a, us a little bit of a background about you and your organization? Sure. Um, maybe I could just start be on, on more on a personal side, just sure. to simply say that I was a longtime resident of Marshfield 
for some of your listeners who have been here since the year 2000, uh, I was a selectman here in 2000 to 2003. Br- raised my family here. Mm. Uh, my three kids all went to Marshfield High School. Oh, and cool. I originally came from Quincy, went to Marshfield. Now I'm back in Quincy. I'm kind of back to where I started. Okay. But professionally, I have a long, I had a long tenure at State Street Corporation in, in Quincy. Okay. And now where I've really turned over the last four or five, four years has been really nonprofits. I've I've kind of done my corporate thing and was at Quincy Com- Community Action Program a few few uh, months ago, learning all about helping people, all about first-time home buying. Oh, okay. That whole process of start to finish, how to buy a house, what are the decisions you need to make. Mm-hmm. But most recently, it's with uh, a company called American Consumer Credit Counseling. And what that's all about, it's another nonprofit, which I, I seem to love nonprofits <laughs> nowadays. Well, thank um, you for your service. The, the, <laughs> the money's not great, but you know, <laughs> yes. I, I, I say what I, I enjoy so much is that you're working directly with folks in need. You know, yeah. that's that's the allure for me at this point. So basically uh, what we do, what our corporation does is it, it helps people in all in all f- uh, areas of financial issues, primarily um, with with credit counseling. So therefore, we have a line, by the way, which people can always call, and maybe we'll give the number at some point. Of course, yeah. That, that, that you're able to call our company for free, and they will counsel you through an hour and a hour and a half phone call and they have the capability if you allow them to pull your credit score in to pull in all your information and through a computer system they're kind of building a profile on you and able to give you really sound advice you know it's all for free this is where you stand uh, hey your credit's looking good or you're or maybe you're over debt or whatever and in the end as you get toward the end they may very well ask you do you want to do one of the services we have and this is again it's not a high push. It's just yeah. simply one of the alternatives some people choose if they're heavily in debt is, for instance, to do what's called a debt management plan, okay. where your your no, unsecured debt, which is also known as credit card debt, is is basically put onto a plan, and they, you, in a sense, you're paying our company to then pay your creditors. We help keep you on track. You're basically within three to five years, all your debt's paid off. There's, it's a very, very. I think we're the least expensive in in Massachusetts to do this, and but my role is different, and this is what I love. This is why I'm so happy. My my role as part of our licensing is to provide free education. Okay. So my world and two of my friends, uh, colleagues there are. It's all about us going anywhere and everywhere that that people want to learn more about money, about finances, about budgeting, about credit, about how to improve their scores or whatever. So literally, I, I, I go to, uh, I just was this this week, I was at a prison this week. I was at a shelter, uh, last uh, the VA, wow. uh, hospitals, schools. Um, I was at Marshfield High School. Yeah. Actually at ENC, which was my old alma mater. So. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. What a small So I, I get around, wow. you know, and... Uh, to me, it's all about, it's just helping to preach the good word of financial discipline. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Thank you for what you do. Um, why don't you actually go ahead and give out the contact information for American Consumer Credit Counseling? We can give that out a couple times during the show, and I'm assuming they have a website, yes. which I have not visited. but Yes, absolutely. Um, we're located in Newton, Okay. but if any of the um, people on the line want to call, it's simply one 800 769 3571. If you call that line, you'll get one of our 50 counselors who will just 
ask you questions and walk you through everything. Okay. And for those who know about credit, it's it's what's called a soft pull on your credit, meaning it doesn't affect your credit rating at all. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. And then there's also a, uh, a, a uh, email, which is consumercredit.com. Okay, and I see the website is just consumercredit.com. That's correct. Right? And there's contact information right That's there. That's right. Well, folks, today, uh, this is a call and talk radio show. We're here live in the studio with Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling. If anyone has any questions as we go along this morning, 781-837-4900. Um, I thought we could just maybe start like with the basics of credit, like mm-hmm. things that can maybe you can get into, um, what are the factors that determine your credit score? And obviously there's different organizations that issue a credit score, maybe the the differences and why we have uh-uh. several. And you know, this is this is all news to me as well, sure. um, the, the, the very specifics regarding it. So that would be helpful. Like let's just back it up a second okay. and sort of define credit and credit score. Okay, fine. Yes. Well, first off, just to let you know that the the way that the whole system works, and I I have to say that it's kind of crazy in some ways, as I ask the question many times, who put these people in charge? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because there's three credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And their job is really nothing more than aggregators of information. Somehow, we don't know how they got in charge, but they do. <laughs> They're the ones whenever you pay a bill, whenever any money moves that you that you yourself are paying on a loan, a bill, a credit card, even public actions, if you ever got sued or had bankruptcy, all these things get aggravated. And these three bureaus, it's their responsibility to collect all that information. And sometimes the bureaus are not equal, so that's why it's possible yeah. from bureau one bureau to another you have a slightly different score. So the score are derived from them collecting all your personal info, financial info, and then here's the part that a lot of people don't know. There's a couple things people often don't know. They add on, I think of it almost like a Big Mac. There's some basic (laughs) things you can recognize, but they all have their special sauce, which they never reveal. Mm. Oh, are you going to reveal it to us today now? No, I I don't know it either. They, They keep that close to the vest. So therefore, it is possible for you to go to all three bureaus and get your free credit score, and I want to emphasize that, um, uh, that you all can get a free credit score, and that's by law, that you could go to all three bureaus and get, let's just say, a 650, a 670, and a 690 all at the same time because they're using different algorithms and different collections. Why do we have three... Why are there three organizations? Just to hold each other accountable, or what... There's no, no rhyme or reason the, to that? There's no rhyme or reason, and they do hold a tremendous amount of power, which is pretty amazing. And uh, the things that folks should know is that, yes, they do hold a lot of power. And the way I try to advise people, and I do a lot of seminars and a lot of sessions, is, you know, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with them or not, they they have the power to to uh, to change, not change, but basically to kind of dictate a lot about your access to many yeah. other things. Mm. They could alter, uh, yeah, alter somebody's they're, life. Yeah. Absolutely, they're not federal agencies. Any of them, they're, right? They're all private. No, agencies. they're all private. Yeah. How do they? How do they make money? Do you? Do you know? Oh, yeah, well, running a credit well, score. Well, they they make money through a lot of what they do is through that they're paid by the um, the creditors that are giving them information, I believe. But oh. it's also they sell many services. So here's what you need to again, little known fact. There's not just one credit score per person. They, there is, there, there are what they call about 60 models out there. 
So when the credit score looks at you as an individual, they they are rating people in kind of what buckets you fall in. So it's not like you're getting a credit score. They they actually have many buckets that let's just say a bank chooses from. So to back that up a little bit, it could mean that if you're going to a bank to get a loan, let's just say for a buy a house, one of the things the loan company will do is they will they have certain uh, selection criteria as to which type of credit profile they th- they're looking for. Hmm. They can pick a more conservative cro- profile so that therefore when they're judging you as a possible uh, customer, they if they've chosen a more conservative credit profile of what they take, that means that y- you have to pass a higher bar hmm. and your score, let's just say maybe, and I'm making this up, maybe 650 with them. You go to a more liberal let's just say, uh, lender, the ABC bank, that happens to use a more liberal model, and you could come out with a 700 score. From the same from the same organization? The same organization, the same organization and the same body of information is on your credit report. It's because they've used a different calculation and algorithm okay. to predict it. Predict it. And th- that also explains one last thing that customers often ask is, well, what about things like, um, you know, the, the credit, um, credit karma? Uh-huh. Credit Karma, I would say, we understand, uses on the more liberal side of that range of calculations. So in many cases, people get a, a, a let's just say, not as accurate view of their credit because they've chosen that model. Because it's a, they'll get a higher Th- score. They may get a false <coughs> higher score. That's correct. Mm. False sense of security a little bit? That's correct. Um, <coughs> all right. What are, the, what are the factors that are used... To issue, I mean, I mean, I know that you know credit available to people in terms of open lines of credit on credit cards, how timely you pay your bills, mm-hmm. things like that. What are the, what are the other factors that go into this? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, well, let me just say first, the the very first one, just for everyone to never never forget, paying your bills on time yeah. is probably the number one thing to never forget. So even if you're paying minimums, if you have other issues, just never forget to pay. That's like the the cardinal sin so Mm -hmm. just don't forget that but here's what most creditors go by and we talk about the five c's okay so the five c's that they often look at is your capacity when they're looking to see how much you have in your income do i have the capacity to pay the loan back so if i take out a thousand dollar loan do do i uh, do i have income that allows me to pay that back so capacity is one the capital how much do I have in any yeah. reserves? So apart from my income flow coming in each week, each month, do I have some savings reserve account that people often will say uh, it's a good thing to have two to three months worth of reserve, which would be three times your take-home salary as an example. So that's that's is, sitting over there as, is as ca- capital. Is capital like assets of any type? like? Retirement assets versus non-retirement assets, cash in the bank versus invested securities—like that's all capital. It, it's generally, they're talking about more the liquid, the liquid capital, cash meaning like bank. cash, cash in the bank. Okay, it's available that you need it. Okay. The third one is collateral. So, in the case that when you are buying a car or buying a house, the value of the asset yeah. also is another consideration. They'll never lend you four hundred thousand dollars for a three hundred thousand right. dollar house. Right. Uh, the fourth one is character, and that's kind of really where the credit scores come in. The credit scores are and how you are as a what's your history. 
So they look at your history in terms of ju judging whether you get a uh, get one of these loans or not. So um, the character is your habits. Do you pay on uh, time? Okay. And then the last one is the the conditions. The conditions might be what are the um, what's the current environment now? What's the what's the tightness of money? What's the what's the uh, credit conditions? Uh, how high is the, are the interest rates right now? So all these factors go into really judging you as a hmm. borrower. And borrowing, everyone needs to remember is you know credit. Any type of credit card uh, is borrowing. I mean, people sometimes seem to be divorced from that fact. <laughs> when you use a credit card, you are taking out a loan. Right. And people seem to kind of divorce themselves from that link. And so that's sometimes the beginning of the very problem. I don't know. I guess I don't. The, fi the fifth, that all made sense until the fifth one where you were okay. talking about conditions. Mm -hmm. I understand the interest rate environment and how... Um, how tight the money supply is and things mm -hmm. like that and how how uh, ready banks are to lend and things like that but that yes. so that factors into your credit score well let, let me just clarify what i've just said is really judging you as a customer okay these five c's yeah um there are other factors that make up the credit score itself and i need to talk oh, about those as oh, well oh, okay, the, okay your credit score is part of these five c's okay so maybe i should maybe i'm um, just to clarify the, f the the credit score itself is made up of another five components. Okay, so maybe are they all C's as well? Or? They're not okay. C's. No, they're not all C's. So let let, let me. Oh, kind so you're of, talking about the credit environment more? Uh, okay, I, got I'm it. I'm talking about yeah. the lending environment, okay. of which really you know you're considered as a potential borrower. Okay, that makes sense. So let's okay. let's go to the credit score itself. If sure. you want to focus just on that for a moment. Well, I want to focus on all things around okay. credit today, Peter. We have Good. plenty of time. So. <laughs> Good. Well, there's there is so much to talk about, and I hope that we can. Make it sensible and sure. make it, you know, make it make sense. And I hope your callers will call in. And look yeah, for any, hopefully we'll get a call. Any yeah. clarification, you know, because these things yeah. are, you can get deeper and deeper. You know what I mean? There's a high level that people see, and then there's myths people don't understand. Oh, would love to. Talk and about we can myths, talk yeah. about some of those. But let's talk about the mechanics of your score. Yep, and I'm just going to give out the phone number one more time, just because sure. you brought it up. If anyone wants to call in with questions regarding credit, credit score, credit agencies, etc., seven eight one eight three seven. 4900. We also have our phone if you want to text a question today. What's that number? 781-775-0116. Maybe just do that one one more time. 781-775-0116. I need to actually put that text number on the website. We yeah. lost the texting phone for like six months because it was in my purse that I like it was probably just in my closet for yeah. like six months. We have it today. But anyway, that's the that's sort of like if you don't want to call in and you're nervous to be on the air, um, go ahead and send us a question via text. Peter, sorry yes. to interrupt. Okay, no, that's fine. Credit credit scores. Okay. Now we we're talking about. So let's get into some of the mechanics now of the scores themselves and kind of where they come from. Some some of it's mysterious, but most of it is straightforward. Okay. Here's the straightforward part that we all know. The credit score, if you think about a pie chart, is what they typically show. 35% um, of your score is made up from your history. Okay. So it makes sense, right? Where you've been. Yeah. So when they look at your credit rating, 
if you have hopefully five to ten whatever years of history you have all the the good and the bad and the ugly whatever you've done that that accounts for 35 percent roughly a little more than a third of the weight of your score comes from where you've been so history of paying your bills on yes. time of how much you're borrowing or how little um that, that, that that's, that's a different that's part different. of the score okay. so history his, is strictly bill largely your bill payment on time okay for the most part that's it okay um, am i paying on time if i'm not and if you aren't they ding you on every single one. They keep accurate records so that they know that for every payment for, let's pick a creditor, Kohl's department store, that you'll see Kohl's on your credit report and every single payment, you know, they'll be marked with 30, 60, and 90 days. It should be blank or zero, each one of those. Anytime they have a one in there or a mark, it means you missed that payment and it was 30 days overdue. Or you missed one back in April of 2012 you missed a payment for 60 days. The little 60 is marked with an X. Okay. So they're keeping accurate monthly for the last seven years. Uh, a credit report's bad parts are largely kept for seven years. Now, so the the history is is generally, it's a, it's a 10-year history, okay. but the bad part that affects your score is, is still affecting it for seven years. Okay, so here's a question for mm-hmm. you. So I understand... Uh, large organ credit card companies and and large utility companies and yes. things are, I'm sure they're automatically at the computer systems and they're reporting this information. Yes. What about smaller private uh, small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Like so for example, um, Kirk and I had some work done on our house and we were working with a small local business um, contractor a contractor okay and they and we had a disagreement regarding how much was owed and Uh this is still pending a couple of years later Mm -hmm. and it, we're not trying to cheat anyone out of any money. Obviously, we're we're very good, honest people. But it, you know, when something isn't right, I'm not just going to write a large check, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what are are these small organizations required to report to the credit agencies ongoing immediately ever? I mean, or are we are you just talk is the history of your bill payment or is it just like the larger organizations and the utility companies and is that who is reporting like our small mm-hmm. from, businesses from what, <clears throat> from what i've seen and i've looked at lots of a lot of folks credit reports as part of our counseling process yeah it's a it, it, it tells us a lot of information i've generally seen just the larger the larger okay ones. you okay. wouldn't <clears throat> generally <Good>. have have <laughs> Have, you know, Joe's Lumber Company yeah. would not but, report unless, again, they could choose to if they had an issue. Yeah. But it's not the type of thing you typically see on okay. a credit report. Okay. It's typically things doing having to do with loans and of some some f- amount. Okay. So it's not a business like all businesses you're going to see on there. It's where there's a situation where you owe money back to. Uh, a, a entity, entity. So, in other words, student loan, student loan debt's going to be there. All your yeah. credit card debt, okay. uh, paying a car, uh, paying okay. your mortgage, paying your rent. Your utilities will okay. show up if they're unpaid. They don't give you credit for the fact you've paid them. Uh, you know, all yeah. the good stuff you've done for the last ten years is not marked. Hey, you're a good person. You don't get a star. You, you don't get a gold, a gold you star. Get a star. Yeah. You get a gold. No, no. It's when you screw up that one time Aww. back in you know again in in May of 2004. Okay, when well, that's too far away. But May of 2013, they, that would be there. Your little black. Have, All right, haven't, I they, feel haven't they heard of positive reinforcements <laughs> yeah. and, and the and the powerfulness I of that? Know, I well, know. so I had a question. Uh, like, 
I mean, it, does it make sense for you to kind of check those period? I mean, I'm sure people make mistakes, and and potentially mistakes could get could get put on your record. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's so, a, one reason to check your credit report, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So let me say again, unequivocally, for all folks listening and anyone trying to improve your credit, you should just religiously check annualcreditreport.com. So take that down and make sure you spell it right because I'm, I hate to say it, yes, there are scammers out there who will change a letter or a slight mm. spelling of that and you'll be led misled to the wrong site. So annualcreditreport.com, all, all listeners are advised to check your credit reports at least once a year, if not three. So let me explain how that works. By law, every single agency, the Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, by law, have to provide a free credit report when you request it. Hmm. So you can, we advise folks, hey, get one of them in the spring, run uh, credit union, you know, the Experian in the, in the summer, run TransUnion in the, in the fall. You've gotten three free credit hmm. reports that helps you to see where I'm at, how I'm doing, and you yourself then could either judge yourself or work with a counselor or someone to help you see where you know what should I attack first you know this helps me to know where things might have gone wrong you can't do anything about the history but you can do things from this point forward which oh. will, which is kind of going into some of our other points about the five points of how your credit score is made up okay so 35% of your score yep. comes from the payment history. Okay. The next biggest one is the amount that you actually um, are owed, the amount that you actually have outstanding. So you had asked about, well, what about how much I owe? So 30% of the score, so now we're at about two-thirds of your score, this 30% is relative to how much money I have available. So if you recall the way most credit cards work, they will say, okay, mm -hmm. I got a brand new Lowe's card. They'll give me a $2,000 availability. The, the amount of the percentage you've actually taken versus the availability mm -hmm. is the next score. Okay. How much debt are you actually utilizing? In the industry, it's advised that you use 30% or less. That's, that's what we recommend, and that's what the industry normally says. But when you look at your own credit report, you can go right down the line, and I advise people just, they don't do it for you, you can do the math. This availability on this, um, you know, this uh, Kohl's card is 1,000, I'm using up 200, okay, then I'm at 20%. Not bad, not bad. I see my other score over here for Lowe's, I love to buy tools myself. If my wife is out there listening, she she knows this. <laughs> uh, so for Lowe's, I have a two thousand dollar balance, but I have fifteen hundred charged out there. I am I'm I'm at a seventy five percent allocation rate. Are Are you talking about balances that roll month over month, or are you talking about like like what if we like let's say we have a fifteen thousand dollar credit card limit, and throughout the course of the month. We spend up to twelve thousand, and then we pay it right off. Yeah. Are you? Are you? So does your credit score change throughout the month, or you're no. talking about rolling balances? No, it, it's rolling balances. Okay. And also, again, just recognize credit. These credit bureaus are not that efficient. Okay. Nor are they. That, <laughs> I was going to be really impressed. No, nor if you are said, they that quick yeah, okay. or yeah, okay. that sharp. So that leads us into another thing, actually. But just to simply say. They look at the overall. So even though I've given you a couple examples, they're going to look at your overall available credit when you add up all the available numbers yeah. and then take your amount used over all the available and then derive a percentage. Hopefully that overall percentage is below 30%. Okay. So they're keeping a rolling balance. Yes, people are advised. This is a little side thing. is to keep your balances low. 
Or even better yet, you know, if you're able to, get to a point where you can use your credit card the, the smartest way you can, which is take advantage of a sale, go out and pay $200, and pay off your credit card before you get to the end of the month. Mm-hmm. You've, you, you've leveraged that money free for three weeks. You pay it off, and it never shows even on your credit report. So that would end up being, let's say, an availability of 100%, right? You've used nothing on that card. Yeah. But they look at the overall balance to determine this this second one. And so to right. determine that, they're only looking at things that have a ceiling, like a credit card has a ceiling, a yes. home equity line has a Correct. ceiling, but like a mortgage so and a car so, yeah, loan don't a, have that's, a ceiling. That's, that's they, would, they would not be involved yeah. in that particular okay. one. Okay, okay, okay. So cr- basically just credit cards or perhaps yeah. equity lines of credit because that, those that have re- a ceiling. Absolutely. Okay. So so <clears throat> the thing, that, just a note for folks on this last point on this would be recognize that these credit bureaus are not perfect. So they do screw up. So one of the first mm. things, in addition to looking at your annual creditreport.com, is to check for accuracy. Step one, we say to folks, they do mess up a mm. lot. They yeah. do put other people's stuff on your uh, report. Oh. They, they do get the balances wrong. They do make mistakes and say that, you know, uh, you have this certain line of credit when you never opened it. So here's the good news for folks being in Massachusetts. There's lots and lots of laws and protections, typically under the Consumer Financial, uh, the Consumer Protection Bureau. Okay. Um, and also Mass.gov. They have a lot of rules that mm-hmm. say, hey, you've got to get this right. If it's wrong, they have 30 days to respond. And if they cannot prove that it's your debt, by law, they have to take it back off. Mm, okay. So, so, what, so what, what's the procedure for, for fixing it? The, the procedure for fixing any one of these within your credit report, again, by law, it, it explains all the numbers you need to call, all the addresses of all the creditors are on your report, so you're able to always get back and contact them. Okay. So your step one is to, is to first go back to the creditor themselves, and step two is to go to the credit bureau. Okay. Tell them both this particular balance is incorrect or I never had a Sears card or whatever, it's not mine, or uh, whatever else is wrong, they're supposed to correct within 30 days. Okay. okay. Um, I want to come back to finishing up the components yep. of that sure. credit score, but let, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're talking with Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling. Um, this has been a great conversation so far. I've learned a lot. And if anyone has any questions for Peter while we have him today in studio, 781 781- 837 4900 or you can actually text us a question if you are a little bit shy on the air 781-775-0116 and we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back Hi, this is Mike McNamara with McNamara Financial Services in Marshfield Most folks don't have a good understanding of their investments or investment strategy Well, if you would like to do a little homework, we'll be happy to give you our thoughts on your investments. No strings attached. It's worth an hour of our time to have the opportunity to meet you. 781-834-2010 or McNamaraFinancial.com. The South Shore's breaking news, weather and traffic station, WATD-FM Marshfield, WATD-Brockton. This is Kirk Reed from McNamara Financial. I often get asked, when should I start collecting Social Security? It's not always a quick question to answer, but an important one. If you'd like to have a conversation about your situation, give me a call at 781-834-2010 
or check out McNamaraFinancial.com. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa, let's get back to business. All right, we are back. Uh, Next Saturday, which is February 9th, uh, the topic of the show is all about asset allocation. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and listen to Mike and Pam tell you everything you want to know about asset allocation. Mm. And they'll be coming to you from the comfort of uh, Southwest Florida. Um, Other announcement is that I, Kirk Reed, uh, will be hosting a financial planning and investment education uh, seminar workshop um, at Hanover High School on Monday, February 11th uh, at 7 o'clock. Um, you can go to, actually, I don't have the exact, uh, you go, oh, so you can go to HanoverSchools.org slash F-A-C-E, that's FACE, um, to register. Um, or you can call the office 781-834-2010. Uh, we can direct you to the right place. Uh, all right. Perfect. So we are back, uh, and we're talking to Peter Mullen about, uh, credit. Uh, so far we've just been talking about kind of the details of credit um, and I don't know w- where we left off but you know we could talk uh, one of the things I thought we could talk about is you know maybe for a young person um, you know how do you how do you develop credit you know from 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 nothing mm-hmm. um, yeah and then maybe get into and then from there kind of go into maybe you know first-time home buyer you know how you can qualify to, to, to do that Oh, c- can you can we hold that thought, sure. Kirk, so that we can finish up the oh, yeah, components okay. of the yes. of credit? Okay, sorry. Yep. Um, if anyone has questions, seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred, or you can text seven eight one seven seven five zero one one six. So right before the break, we were talking about like the what are the the components of your credit score, um, and Peter was saying thirty five percent of it is your payment history. Another 30% is the amount of outstanding debt you have relative to the amount that's available to borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that's got, there's got to be some fancy term for the ra- the ratio, right? Yes. There's got to be some mm-hmm. ratio term there. Yeah. Um, and so that's 65% right there. So that's, that's almost right. your entire credit score. So, and what are the other well, components? Well, well interestingly, the, the, actually what Kirk just brought up is the next one, actually, and we, so we can kind of do a twofer here. It's the length of credit. So therefore, mm. w- which simply means how long have you had credit out there on your record? And so this will lead us in a minute to talking about young folks. Okay. So he- here's another thing. You know, if you have no credit, no history, that's just as bad as having bad credit. Yeah. Because think of it this way. The creditors want to evaluate you. And if I'm a, like I think my daughter is 22 and she doesn't has never taken out a credit card or never taken out a loan, you know, her parents took care of that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she has no record by which she can be judged. R- right. So and lenders don't know anything about you yet no, and they're so gun shy. I've exactly. Yeah. So they're not going to lend to an unknown yeah. risk. You're, everyone's considered, hate to hate to make it sound uh, so technical, but we're all known as risks to sure. them. Are yeah. we a high risk or are we a low risk? Right. That's how they see lenders us. Lenders are in the business That's, of making money. They're, exactly. They're, you these know, are business. Yes. They're, they're strange people. They want their yeah. money back. They, yeah, give, yes. they give you money, 
Yes, and you know what? They, they have the audacity want yes. they want it back with interest. <laughs> yeah. That's the strange thing about all these lenders. Yes. So recognizing that reality, if you have no credit history, they don't know how to judge you. So yeah. back to Kirk's question, which is relevant right here, which is it, it's advisable for you if you don't have credit to start getting some. Right. How do I get some? Yeah. Well, here's one way that uh, folks may... Can, Peter, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but can, I don't want to make our caller wait too long. Oh. And I wasn't sure how long this oh. that, that would go, oh, but sure. just hold on one second. Um, so we have a caller. We're going to go to Catherine from somewhere on the South Shore, just like all of us. <laughs> Good morning, Catherine. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you all? Good. What can we do for you? Um, I, I was fascinated to wake up and hear your conversation. I, I love how much WATD and you guys <laughs> just enlighten us all. Oh, you're so um, And we're actually, we have a team family effort to uh, help our a beloved young couple who uh, uh, one of them got let go, uh, the husband got let go when the um, wife was eight months pregnant. And uh, they're, they're both hard workers and, and struggling to get back, you know, did some, you know, classic, um, they've got some debt, they both got jobs, um, and we're just trying to help them, you know, wax the moles and uh, <laughs> and uh, get back on their feet. They, you know, so they can uh, get out of debt and buy a house and all that stuff. So, are you looking for advice, Catherine, regarding how how they can improve their credit specifically, or just general financial advice regarding what they could do? Or um, and that's an awful. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, that's an awful story, and I'm so sorry yeah. to hear about your friend. And mm-hmm. well, how, tell me a little bit more specifically how we can help. Well, um, we're trying to figure out, I think, a lot of things about what your guest is talking about, you know, how to how to um, best salvage your credit, who to pay first. Okay, um, all right, good. You know, any, any kind of strategies about, you know, consolidating the debt. Um, Great question. Okay. Yes. Peter, you're up. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so let me give you some things right off that, um, that I would do with any... Any counseling I've done, I've done a good amount of financial counseling for folks in trying to buy a house or just in general, um, just how you might approach it. So here's step one for you and for every listener. And, you know, it's the kind of thing people don't always want to hear, but it's just the reality. Step one is to do a budget. You, and there's lots of budgets. Here's a good thing out there. There's things online. There's just a piece of paper. If mm-hmm. nothing else, just get a piece of lined paper and write down income on one side and expenses on the other. So the starting point for you and for everyone is to have a good, clear picture of what you make per month. Do this on a monthly snapshot. Mm -hmm. I make X amount. And then clearly and honestly, and that's a key word, be honest, be as realistic as possible, enumerate all of the expenses that you have. Now, hopefully, we all hope that when you do the math that the income exceeds the expense side. But that's not the point on step one. Step one is to get the information on paper amongst this couple, this young couple. They should list that all out. That gives them the starting point to then make decisions. Once you know where you stand on the income and expense side, now you're able to make the hard decisions about we know where our money's going. What things could we cut back on? What things can we change? We have two levers. We all have two main levers available to us. Increase your income side, decrease the expense side. It's no more mysterious than that. It's what it is. And the good news is we often can find if you're creative, if you have the motivation, and if you set certain goals, it often will help drive you 
to the kinds of things you need to do to increase the income side or decrease the expense side. Yeah. Catherine, can you give us a little more information about this couple? So the, the husband is now out of work. Is the is his wife working while she's pregnant or no? Their um, baby's been born, wonderful baby, Aww. the best ever. Um, Aww, uh, and they're both they're both working. Okay, and, uh, so they're and, now both uh, working. Thank, yeah, so they've got some income, um, and he, uh, he's looking for something a little more income, uh, something that's going to bring in. It, his isn't a, a, a forever job. Okay. She luckily just started a great new job that is definitely taking her in the direction she wants to go. So, so. Um, yeah. So, 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 so that's Go the ahead. good. So that's the good news. Is it, but I'm assuming they have accrued some debt as a result of being out of work for a period yeah. of time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mostly credit card debt. Yeah. Um, let's let's uh, make up an estimate of um, fifteen thousand dollars in credit card debt, and then um, like most people, um, car loans, some student loans, okay. manageable. Okay. Not too crazy, but. Um, and had we're, we're we're close, you know, we're close to. They were close to putting down a down payment on a house, mm. and unfortunately, you know that that's been the, the that's been a setback like for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to um, help them, you know, pay off what they can pay off, negotiate where there's you know like credit card debt, interest mm-hmm. rates, whether to consolidate that, consolidate all the debt. Uh, things like that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, Peter, to, um, on the tales of that, of, of what Catherine just said. I mean, I, I would, my general advice would be to work down the highest interest rate credit debt first, which is likely the credit card debt. If there's multiple credit cards and if they have different interest rates, working down the highest interest rate debt first, just because you'll make the most headway and get rid of the things that are costing you the most in interest. So that's my... Um, sort of general answer. I don't, but it, it sort of depends on on the ability to to pay back that debt and and what the free cash flow is. So you know, her question was so. Then my also question to you, Peter, is options for consolidation. I mean, if yes. there's no ability to borrow from mm-hmm. like an equity lo- equity in the home because mm-hmm. they don't own a home, are there mm-hmm. any options? Yes, for, for them. A- absolutely. So so Catherine. Uh, it's very important to recognize and believe, and I'm telling you this, and for all listeners, there's always a way. So have faith and have hope. There is lots of things you can do. So let me give you some of them. First off, if they're in some temporary situations where they're not, let's just say, not even able to have a lot of money for food and things like this, or clothes or furniture or other types of needs, there's lots of agencies. I happen to come from Quincy now, and I know that a lot of them personally, they will help you in temporary situations. I used to work for Quincy Community Action Programs that is a nonprofit in Quincy that for instance, if you had a need for food, there's a food bank, there's other things that can help you that takes off some of your expenses on a temporary basis. It all depends on kind of where their income falls within the what they call the area median income. So that's one thing for all listeners to recognize. There's lots of free stuff or low discount f- stuff for people depending on where their income falls. So, that, so that's one thing. The, the next things to recognize is you're right that if they have... $15,000 in debt, as an example, or whatever they may be may have, one of the options, and again, my role as a counselor is never ever to say to someone, this is what you should do. 
it's our role as counselors to always say, here's the array of options that are in front of you. You can choose, you know, what's behind door A or behind door B or behind door C. This is what you'll find. So we would maybe advise this couple to say, amongst the the, the things you might want to do, we would say, let's start out. Is there any way you can increase your income on a temporary basis? I found out that, you know, I don't have a dog. I have a cat, but I found out this, I'm surrounded by dogs in my neighborhood. This person walks dogs and gets like $20 an hour, walks three dogs at a shot. And just for temporarily, that person's making hundreds of dollars per month just on a temporary basis. The second side on the, on the expense side is always looking at it with just a more, a more, um, you know, critical eye to simply say to yourself, whatever goals you have in mind, and it's always good to have them, let that be your driver. Are we trying to get out of debt? Are we trying to save some money for something? Are we trying to specifically raise 1000 or 2000 or 3000 to do something? When you have that motivation in your mind to focus on that, it helps you make the harder choices when you go down the list of your expenses. Do I really need to go out to eat and spend $300 Per month going out to eat. Can, can I cut when you have it on when you have it on paper? That's the point. You may yeah. not realize you spend three hundred, but when you've done the math and you see, you know, and I'm I'm guilty of it as well. It's not until you write it down that you start to say, "Wow, I I realize I buy a coffee every single twice, two coffees every day at Dunkin's." And when I write that down, that's five bucks, and then I do the math, that's fifteen hundred dollars. If I had just made a different choice, I could see there's fifteen hundred dollars there or two thousand there. So what can you cut back on expenses, recognizing it's temporary? And the last one I might say is, and this is just in the range of options, just not saying what to do, but debt management planning is something my business does. It's one of the few areas that my nonprofit makes money. You could call our agency and they could walk them through all of their, their, their expenses, their, their debt, uh, pull up their credit report, and then seeing all the how the numbers play, they're in a sense building their budget online. They would be able to give them advice that says there's certain expectations typically on what you pay for a given thing, like transportation, housing. There's expected percentages. Mm. If you're way out of whack, too high on one or too low on another, they might help you give advice, give you advice on how you can get them back in line. And if you chose what's called a debt management plan, the way that works simply is they take all of your debt, $15,000, you from this point on would pay ACCC, my, my company, American Consumer Credit Counseling, and then you pay them one fee, let's just say the 15th of the month, one lump amount. They take care of going to all your creditors, and as a general rule, because they're getting the money from us to the creditor, they will often lower the overall amount because they know it's coming in on a guaranteed basis. Hmm. They may very well um, you know, provide other types of incentives because they know that this is now guaranteed income from the next three to five years. Hmm. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. So um, your, your company will, at, at <clears throat> basically, you're, even though you charge a fee, which of course is appropriate, it's your business, um, you're lowering their, their expenses. So even though they're spending more money in the net, they're saving money because you're negotiating better arrangements for them with the credit cards and the other debt. That That is what we try to do. It's not always achievable, but that's what we try to do, yes. We're, we're helping you by the fact that we've, number one, advised you up front about where you can increase income or decrease expense. 
Number two, mm-hmm. we're taking, if you had five credit cards, let's just say, you now are consolidated into one payment only, and whatever that number might be, uh, making it up, uh, $500 you pay to us, and then our company in terms goes back and pays all the five underlying credit credit companies. Um, that's oh, so all worked you out. Yeah. So hopefully so, it's so done you that you can manage. Yeah. So they would only do it if they would only get to that point if, in fact, you could handle that payment. That's what it's all done up front. They, they, they would know through your capacity, through your incomes, what you can and can't handle. And then you agree upon it. If you agree upon it, you move ahead. Can, so, Peter, can I just make sure I understand how that number is um, arrived at? Is it, does, con, does American Consumer Credit look at, like, all the minimum payments for the debt, add them all up, maybe charge a small pr- premium for services, and then, and that's, and that's the payment. But the point being, if you can lower some of the interest rates on some of the debts because of your relationships or because of the the um, consistency of payment going forward, yes. then the then this person would end up paying, albeit a slightly higher monthly payment for a, for pr- likely a shorter period of time. Is that the idea behind it? Did I say that right? That, that, that is the idea. Okay. The, the actual how they come up with that number, I don't know. Okay. It's almost like, now we're back to the credit card uh, uh, number again, or the credit score again. Right. I don't know how ACC okay. arrives at that number, but they only arrive at a number that they we all know you can afford. It's something we mutually come to. Okay, so they look at net income. They probably everything. have a they have a factor of net income that, or something. That's all done yeah. ahead of time, and yes, okay. they would arrive through their magical system. They're putting everything into yeah. that says we think you can afford seven hundred and fifty dollars based on everything we've seen. Okay, and if you uh, agree, and you have to make it work. We go. Yeah. Okay. Number one, they charge you just an initial fifty dollar fee to get in it. Yeah, and then there's like some kind of a monthly small fee. Sure. For how many of months you pay? That's it. I mean, it would only make sense like if if this person had you know five credit cards and the minimum monthly payment was five hundred dollars. Yes, it, this would only make sense if the payment if the the payment to American Consumer Credit was somewhere in that range. If, yes. it, if it was a thousand dollars versus your minimum payments of five, that wouldn't make any sense no. to anyone. No. So I'm assuming it's in the range of what the minimum yes. payments are probably a little bit more to accelerate the pay down Correct. and and likely it's a, a multiple of net income or or some I'm I mean I guess it's they're not going to have they're not going to make it be 50% of your net income cuz nobody can afford no. that right no, so, uh, yeah and again they it, let's just put it another way too not everybody is a candidate for that so they may come across a candidate who's making too little money and their debt is too high then in the end even ACCC can't arrive right. at an agreement with you right. because your ratios are just too far off right. and maybe a debt management plan wouldn't work for you. Right. It only works for some people who are in that range. And just to state them, not saying that they would make you do this, they would say, if you were there, they would say, another thing you can consider, uh, Catherine or whomever, is their bankruptcy. Or there's other things yeah. you can do. Now, yeah. they would never say to you, you must go down Chapter 7 and declare that. They would say, amongst your options you have in front of you, we don't, we're not telling you to do it or not, but if you chose Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, these are things you could do. What would you like? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, Catherine, I'll, I'll just echo what Peter said um, a few minutes ago and that, I, I think the most important thing that you can help your friend do is put together that budget because what you what you absolutely have to what they have to know before they they do anything is they have to know what what is their take home pay 
hopefully you get close with your tax estimate. <laughs> What's your take home pay? What what are the necessary expenses in their life? Not the debt payments, but the other necessary expenses. What do they need for food? What do they need for rent? What do they need for, you know, utilities, cell phone, things like that? And then you they you have to know what's left. And hopefully what's left is enough for you to make at least the minimum for them to make, excuse me, at least the minimum payments on all of their debts. With any luck, it's more than they need to make the minimum payments on the debt, which means they're going to be working the debt down. If it's if whatever's yeah. left is not more than what they need to pay down the debt, then I think they need to be looking at walking dogs. Yeah, I mean, or it, quite honestly, reducing other expenses, tr- trying to reduce other expenses, or you know, get, looking for more income. I know you mentioned your friend is looking for a job that's paying more. Hopefully that that pans out. Um, because, you know, to my knowledge, if someone has, you know, a few credit cards and and the interest rates are high, you know, other than being able to fall back on like an equity line, if you have equity available in your home, I am not aware of any other ways other than perhaps working with a debt, you know, management counselor who can maybe negotiate for you. I'm not aware of any other ways for reducing those interest rates and consolidating. I mean, if you have, you know, if 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 you have outstanding balances on several credit cards, it, it's not like another bank is just going to issue you a zero percent interest card. I, I just don't I don't know that that's going to work. So, um, I think that budgeting exercise, as Peter said earlier, is like step one. You have to figure out what I like what the free cash is, and and which is beyond all the necessary expenses like living expenses and food and stuff like that what's the free cash that's available to pay down the debt and all that should be sent towards debt and i would start with the highest interest rate debt first but i think you know certainly right. having a discussion with with peter's company american Con- consumer credit counseling and get getting some information on on what they offer for debt management is certainly um, a route to travel and, and an option to be considered absolutely i love the creativity of you know, look at every number and figure yeah. out is that the real number? And, you know, from expenses is you know to is is can we get it lower and income to what we can? How can we bring it higher? And just really, um, what I said is, and I do it myself is I pause before I grab my wallet, you know, and yeah. think of what you know is this? You know, how is this going to impact me overall? And and, and if, I, if someone is in debt, really, if you're paying a dollar, you're really paying a dollar ten or a dollar twenty because you're paying Correct. that interest rate. Yeah, so, Kurt, we, um, we talk about really this. Helpful. Sorry to interrupt, right, Catherine. Yeah. We 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 talk about this budgeting exercise all the time on the show, and it's and it's and it's an exercise that we have our clients go through for a variety of reasons, but mm-hmm. mostly just um, to go through the exercise and to help you know do long term retirement projections and things like that. But most people, when they if you ask somebody how much do you spend every month going out to eat. Mm-hmm. The answer would probably be fifty percent of what it actually is, no. because until you <laughs> yeah, because until true. you write it down, true. until you go back and look at your credit card history and add true. all the numbers up, you know most most people really underestimate what they spend on what I would call like discretionary things. Like you know what your mortgage payment is, you know what your cell payment is every month. I actually don't know that, but Kirk knows that. Mm-hmm. And you know, but but it's it's the it's the cash expenses, it's the going out to eat, it's you know the the buying clothing or things like that that are a little bit more discretionary. You obviously need clothing, but um, most people don't pay close enough attention to actually know those numbers. And going through that budgeting exercise is a really eye-opening experience. And whenever we have our clients go through it, it's not it's not just 
let's ask you, you you said it pretty you said it eloquently peter and it's not just like when you get to that dining out it's not well, let's just put in 400 bucks a month let's act you need to actually yes. go back to your credit card statements or your bank account mm-hmm. and look in what historically has been happening True. um and that's just a starting point and then as peter was saying then that's a starting point for moving forward and if you look at that number you say that's way too high we can we can go out to eat a lot less and just using that as an example then all of a, all of a sudden now you have motivation now you have a benchmark mm-hmm. um and and can use that as a starting point for moving forward so it's a great exercise to go through Catherine, what are their qu- one more, more. go ahead yep, yep. yeah if you, one more question um we're, we're working with the credit card company to you know you know at least make more than the minimum payments knock that down as much as possible mm-hmm. the interest rates on the credit cards in 2019, and I know it depends on people's credit scores, but you know, any tr- any tips to negotiating with the credit card company? What's a reasonable rate? You know, how best do we? You know, that's the one that's got the highest rate, like you mentioned um, earlier. That's the biggest uh, ticket number for them. Well, the the good news is this, um, and I can't say anything about any specific companies. I could just say it always is worth a try. You had mentioned negotiating um, before. It never hurts to make an honest appeal mm. to a company. It it is it, 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 it many times works to say to them, "Look, I, I want to pay you, and I want to pay you on a regular basis. I'm a good customer. You show respect, show show honesty with them, and you'll find that many many times." can't account for all of them, they will, in fact, listen to reason. Because here's the deal. A company would rather get some money rather than no money. Right. And so if you work out such things, there are such things as maybe temporarily we pay you a smaller amount and then we'll make that up. So in other words, if this young couple knows that her job is coming in better, her income will increase come March, come April, he's looking for a better job and his looks like that's going to hit him in April, great. Maybe you just have a temporary uh, reduction. There's all kinds of things that are out there that, again, it never hurts to ask. And uh, absolutely, by all means, we would encourage you to give it a shot. Well, I'm going to uh, go meet with my friends and uh, and uh, talk to them about your company and talk about some of these tips you guys have given us. It's very helpful. Thank you all so much. You're, you're welcome, Catherine. Thank have you. a great day. Thanks for the call. Good luck. Take you, care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. I actually just looked, um, she asked about like average credit card interest rates in 2019. I actually had just looked this up for the money fair the other day, just mm-hmm. to give the students an idea of what an average um, yep. credit card charges for interest rate. And it's about 17 and a half percent is the average interest rate mm-hmm. on a credit card nationwide. I mean, yep. of course there's introductory periods, 0% and all that. Absolutely. And and people get a little spoiled by that, by that and they tend to expect that. Uh-huh. Um, but no, average nationwide average credit card interest rate right now is about 17.5%. It's actually a little bit higher, 17.6%. We did, we did get a text a little bit ago. It was bas- They were just asking for that information again regarding checking your credit score for free. I think that was the, the website that you gave out. Uh, Peter. Yes, annualcreditreport.com is the uh, online um, governmental site, annualcreditreport.com. Um, don't be fooled by imposters. Um, you get onto that, and basically it asks you which one do you want. It will have Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion as options you can pick. I would suggest don't pick all three. Don't waste your, your one your one free report this year all at once. Spread them out over mm, the year. Yeah. And then one other thing you should all know, and this causes you know concern for some folks, they don't provide a score. 
They provide your full report of everything you've ever done. And then, yes, I know many people get fixated on scores. Just recognize a good credit counselor or somebody with any experience can, can, can basically extrapolate that score. And many times also, yes, you can pay other companies like Credit Karma and some others to get a score. But that isn't critical for you to know where you stand. Most important, get your report, start, look at it, start making decisions. I actually looked at... I, I, we actually don't do it frequently enough, but I, it's it is it's a good way to um, protect your identity, also because it will list all the um, banks that you have credit cards issued Correct. from. It'll list all, and if you look at one and you say, "Well, I never opened that credit yep. card," I mean, it's a great way to protect yourself and make sure nobody's fraudulently opening credit cards in your name. Um, so, yeah, I just went to that annualcreditreport.com, and it does say, you know, federal law allows you to get a free copy of your credit report every 12 months from each reporting um, right. agency. And I'm assuming they just probably snail mail you a physical report like in four weeks, or is it? <laughs> you, you can get it online. Oh, you can, perfect. Um, okay. you, you, can get wow. it, you can either get it physically, <laughs> yep. or you can get it immediately. As soon as you push the button, oh. bing, there it is. I'm going to do it during the break. <clears throat> um, all right, let's take a break. Actually, on that note, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, uh, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, at McNamara Financial right here in Marshfield. We're joined this morning by former Marshfield resident and selectman, uh, Peter Mullen, who is currently with American Consumer Credit Counseling. Um, we're talking about all things related to credit and credit scores today. If you have questions for us, uh, 781-837-4900, or you can also text 781-775-0116. Got it. We are going to take a very short break, and we're going to come right back. The South Shore's breaking news, weather, and traffic station. WATD FM Marshfield. WATD Brockton. My daughter wants a pair of shoes that have those little wheels built in to make them skates. I told her she has to wait until her birthday, which is 167 days away, an eternity for a six-year-old. This idea of delayed gratification is all too uncommon in our society, but is an underlying theme with the clients that I work with. Not many people can build a nest egg and thus a secure financial future by being impulsive. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Give me a call if I can help you with your delayed gratification, which I'm sure will be worth the wait. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. Gallagher Benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at ajg.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. AJG.com. Are you ready to get organized? Let's consolidate those old accounts and make sure your investment strategies are appropriate. This is Kirk Reed, a certified financial planner with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. 
Find out more at McNamaraFinancial.com. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa. Let's get back to business. Good morning. Back to business it is. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show here on 95.9 WATD. We are live this morning in studio. Um, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Been joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed, and Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling and Credit Counselor. And we've been talking about all things... um, credit, credit scores, etc. Just a quick announcement for those of you who don't know already, McNamara on Money now has a second um, time slot. We are now on Sunday mornings as well from 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. We like to target those early weekend risers because you know what? My father and I both are early risers, weekday and weekend, so maybe that's why. But... um, if you um, miss the Saturday's show on, on Saturday mornings, you can always catch us on Sunday mornings as well. All right, so we had a great caller and, um, and a couple of texts. If anyone has questions this morning regarding credit, credit scores, or really anything finance related, we are here in studio until about 10. And the studio call-in number is 781-837-4900. Tim is at the ready, ready to take your call. Uh, or you can text seven eight one seven seven five zero one one six. All right. So before the break, and actually before the caller, so if we re- rewind about thirty minutes, we were trying to s- define the components of a credit score. And again, I'll just recap for my own understanding: is that thirty five percent of your credit score is due to your history of payments. Um, your history of time, well, I guess, timely or untimely payments uh, for uh, b- bills and and uh, payments on credit cards and things of the like. Thirty percent is due to the amount of outstanding debt you have relative to the amount that you can borrow. Debt to debt to debt, available debt ratio. You, used to available. Debt, <laughs> outstanding debt to outstanding available ratio. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then we, and then you were talking about. Another component is the length of time mm-hmm. that oh, oh. you have ha- had to build credit, <clears throat> yeah. I guess, and I don't actually know the percentage, but I don't know yes. if you gave it. So let's let's pick up from there. Okay. <clears throat> the percentage for that one is 15%. Okay. And it's the length of credit, and that's a situation of simply another rating that they use is just simply looking at how long have you had credit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So therefore, unfortunately, for those who are new, young, young at this, they may find that they have a they have no credit history, so that marks as a mark against them. So, what can you do about it? <clears throat> There's two things that we suggest for folks who are just getting into this kind of the world, as you're like maybe in college or something, starting to take out credit, uh, whatever. One thing is there's an instrument out there called a secured credit card. Oh yeah. So some folks know about that. It's a case where you put money up front, let's just say a thousand dollars, and go to a local bank. And then they would issue me uh, a card that's basically against my own money. So it's like a debit card. It's like a debit in a way, but it yeah. doesn't. It actually doesn't take money out of the account. Okay. You really are actually using it like a credit card. Okay. They will charge you interest, even though it's your money. Okay. But the fact is, if you, you don't pay it right on time. Um, if you don't pay it on time. Yeah. But the point of it is, it's like it's like for those that are trying to start out, it's a very 
almost guaranteed way unless you unless you are really so much of a risk they won't even give you that <laughs> that would be that would not be cool okay. but yeah. a secured credit card is a method by which somebody who's young can start to sure. in a sense borrow against their own money get a record for it build a positive record that begins to then start you on the pathway of showing i can handle credit i yeah. can hand manage my debts i can bar- take money out pay it off look at me Look at me, I can do it. I yeah, can do yeah. it. So yeah. that that's one thing. The second thing people don't often know about is having someone co-sign. Yeah. So if if someone if you if someone trusts you, your father, your mother, your uh, your spouse, whatever, <laughs> not your spouse, but anyway, <laughs> your your father, your mother, um, may say they will co-sign you on a loan, and they have good credit. Yeah. That can help start you. Let's just say buying your first car as an example. That works in your and of course if you pay on time that might be your entry again into the credit world because credit is made up of more than just simply unsecured credit card debt credit don't forget is made up of other types which is actually our next point we're going to make the types of so that's 15 percent of your history in other words five years ten years the longer the history the more you're proving yourself as a good risk the fourth one then is this idea of type of credit and this one is not as heavy. It's 10%, which simply says they like, and again, this is the, the credit bureaus, like you to have some what they call the unsecured credit, like, like, um, like a credit card. It's mm-hmm. also known as revolving credit mm. is the term they give. And they also like you to have some level of installment credit. That's when you have a set payment like a mortgage or a car, okay. or you go to Jordan's Furniture and you pay $2,000 worth of furniture and you pay them $200 a month for yep. the next 10 months. Yeah. That's installment. They would. There's no secret formula, but having a two couple of each. They like to see diversification, diversification in the type of debt. And you're handling it and you're being a responsible adult by paying off what you got. Okay. That's what they want. Okay. Um, so the fifth one and the last one in terms of um, the, the this makes the 100% as to what your score is made out of um, is new credit. And what new credit really, it's a misnomer to a degree, it just simply means it's 10% again. And what this means, it brings up the whole question of inquiries, which people often, you know, really make a big deal out of it. So let's let's break a myth here okay. that's often brought up about inquiries. If anyone has a situation where they are approached, you walk in the mall and someone sticks a Macy's application in front of you or someone sticks another kind of a application for a Sears card or whatever it might be, if you, if you don't do anything about it, if you don't go anywhere with it, um, and you know, if, it's not until you sign on the dotted line and say, I want that credit, that's what's called a hard inquiry. Okay. A hard inquiry is whenever you actually say yes to applying for credit. Basically, in a sense, you're trying, remember that whole bit about available credit? You're trying to expand that availability credit factor within your credit report. Yeah. That's seen as a potential negative because you are now, of you have a lot more available that you could go into debt with. Right. So therefore, whenever anyone acts upon a, a, a request for credit, that's called a hard inquiry. The, the other one is called a soft inquiry, and this is what people often have the myth on. When you go to, for instance, go buy a car, the, the car place does a soft inquiry on you. They check to see if you're credit worthy. They look at your report. They don't pull it right away as a hard inquiry. It's a soft inquiry. And just by the very fact of them pulling sometimes, looking at you in general before you sign on the dotted line, 
just that initial look at you, that's a soft inquiry. Doesn't affect your credit score at all. Okay. And so let me just tell you some others, and this is what people don't know. If you go to apply for a job, many times your employer looks up a soft inquiry on you, whether mm. you know it or not. When you go to do a rental of a car, when you go to rent a U-Haul, when you go to mm. do and get insurance products, a lot of these are softer because they want to know if, you know, th- this is an unfortunate thing about how credit is misused. The credit score is being misused in our country as if it's a reflection of many other things beyond your borrowing capabilities. It's used almost like back to character. Is Peter Mullen a good person? Let me check his credit. It's even used on dating sites. It's used, believe oh. it or not, for I heard this one. I guess that makes for sense. For adoption. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah. it's yeah. like you can know, you well can you afford to feed? Yeah, are you a, are child? you a good upstanding, yeah. Uh, yeah. responsible adult? Yeah. So those are all soft, which simply means they're just asking, and it has no impact of points. When you move to the point of actually requesting money, that's called hard, and it affects you anywhere between five and ten points. The last thing to know about this, again, for to help people out, is when you're going to buy a house, they will pull a hard credit. But here's one nice thing that they've done. Say they throw some nice things at us once in a while. If you go to buy a house and you look at a bunch of loans all within a 45-day period, so I look at you know lender A to give me a, a rate, lender B to give me a rate, lender C to give me a rate, that's all counted as one hit. Because okay, within the 45 good. days, yep. they, they, they know, at least they do know a little bit about life, and they actually will say, we'll see that as one hit one five-point hit or so against your credit, not okay. three separate hits. Okay. Well, that's so nice of them. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that, okay, so a hard... Inquiry. L- inquiry, thank you. Um, negatively affects yes. your credit score. So mm-hmm. if you're at a, a Macy's yep. and you say, yes, I would like to open up that credit card and receive 20% off my purchase no, today. You wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Uh, Kirk gets mad at me all the time because <laughs> no, I sometimes do say yes to those. So that is in and and they run, you know, your name your name and social right there on their computer and you're approved or whatever. So that negatively affects your credit score relatively immediately. But you're helping you're I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to put you in the middle of our marriage, but no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> but if you But here you are. But <laughs> yes, if you um use that credit card responsibly and you immediately pay off balances every month, and then you and and your um, outstanding debt to available d- yes. that that helps your credit over time, a- a- right? So a- you eventually recover if you're a responsible user. Ab- absolutely, <laughs> okay. absolutely. You the, the, and again, the amount that the hard hit makes again, people get so obsessed about yeah, it. Yeah. It's very small. Yeah, it's, it's maybe small. five yeah. points, ten yeah. points. Yeah. Very small. But then the other thing is too inquiries only stay on your report for one year. Oh, okay. So therefore, they will show you on your when you run your credit report, you'll see a whole list of, of hard and soft inquiries down mm. the bottom. Okay. It will tell you. But they, they stay on your, here's a weird thing, they stay on your report for two years, but they only impact your credit for one. Okay. The, 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 the negative effect of those three points okay. or five points only reduces you slightly. So it goes away. Yeah. And as a general rule, just a kind of pulling back out for a second, like I said much earlier, the bad things on your credit report, for the most part, stay for seven years. Okay. So you missed a payment way back. After seven years, it goes away. But here's another thing that people often don't know. 
the the weight of the item loses weight over time too so therefore even though something's still on my credit what's this 2019 so from 2012 i forgot to pay something it's still there but the impact of it is less in their credit calculation yeah that makes because sense because the more yeah. recent one if i if i messed up in december i had huge christmas bills and i decided not to pay them all off in december of of 18 that's recent that's yeah. heavy that's going to hit mm. me worse than 2013 yep, mistakes that makes sense yeah you've proven yourself worthy over time if you can recover from your mistakes um so so someone who's like someone who's like our daughter's not our oldest daughter's nine mm-hmm. like this person literally has no credit like if if you right. run a credit score on that person it's an not applicable Right. Okay. Right. And so you don't start to build credit until you were saying before, either someone co-signs a loan or you take out a credit card and... Usually, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so initially when, let's say someone goes off to... They're 18, they go off to college, they open up that first credit card. So there's got to be some... Is there like a starting point? Like does everyone's credit start at 500 or... or it's not that simple. No, no, no. Again, I, like, again yeah. I, I don't know that anyone really knows. I don't know yeah. if there's any starting point. Yeah. Um, We're going to check as soon as our daughter gets yeah, that I mean, credit. it would be interesting. I think if you were to run a report on your daughter, I think you'd come up with nothing. I think yeah. you'd come up with NA or yeah. there's no there's no info available yeah. is what they'd come up with. Right. Because all you need is a social security number, an address, a name, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then, then there will be something out there. But for her, it'll probably be nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... Um, so the, you know, it, it, she will build it up over time. Yeah, you know, right. All, all in due time. Okay. She, I was talking. We, we were talking the other day, Mila, and she yeah. was asking me about like money and like how much money we have and like how much we spend on the car. And I was like, you know, deflecting everything. Yeah. And, and then she was like, she was like, I have twenty dollars that I put in the bank. And she's like, she's like, and it's for a car. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the cutest so thing. Cute. Every <laughs> once in a while, every once in a while, I walk them into the bank and they have like a ten dollar bill or a yeah. twenty dollar bill. And we wait in line and we make and I make them deposit their money, <laughs> but they still count it. They still know in their head how much they have at the bank, which I think is actually really good. Yeah, it and is good. And they still count. Well, it's not in their piggy bank, but I have $40 <laughs> right. in the bank. They're well yeah. aware, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, when well, you're not touching it. <laughs> um, well, you I, know something that actually just happened two weeks ago. So this is very current, which will apply to your daughter and all kids, which is one of the most fantastic things in the, in that to happen. And that is this, for, for people in the credit world. <laughs> um, the Massachusetts just passed a law yep. uh, two weeks ago was signed by the governor that finances have to be start to be introduced into the curriculum of kids from K through 12. Yep. So therefore, it, it means that where appropriate, and to me, it's no big stretch, right? You talk about math, you learn about multiplication, yeah. you learn about interest. Yeah. Why not start to embed from a very early age that people begin to recognize the impact of money. And I, to, if you think about it, there's a lot of age-appropriate things that people face. I yeah. mean, you're, you're, you're a paper boy, paper girl at 13. You're starting to make some money. You put some money in the bank. You want to know a little bit about interest. Yeah. By the time you're 15, 16, 17, you buy your first car, you're having to face how what it means to which do I choose right. which which right. lender you're 18 you're going to college well which lender do I choose there and then eventually you're 25 or whatever you're trying to buy your first house so these yeah. are all things that we are often unprepared for because nobody tells us. I know. You're preaching to the choir here, Peter. I know. This is why we, this is why we started the Money Fair <clears throat> six years ago now. But um, I guess this the, uh, um, 
Ashley Stanford, who helped me run the money fair. Did you meet yes, her? Okay. I did. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that by, I think, either next year or the year after, there will be some curriculum in the Correct. school built in that will sort of lead up to the fair. So the That's students will right. be way more prepared. We actually, and we actually, um, look. Two weeks ago, the show that Kirk and I did was we, we were talking about the money fair and pulling like the themes that we were going to cover with the students on it. And we had a caller that called in and he had a younger child. I, I don't know if it was eighth or ninth grade or something like that, younger than a senior that would go through the fair. And he was asking like, well, you know, what can you do at younger ages? How can you get, you know, kids exposed to this at younger ages? And I was like, you know, s- you know, sign me up. You know, for years I've been thinking about what can we do at like the middle school level, like a super mini simplified version of that at mm-hmm. the middle school level, which I think would be really awesome because yeah. that's at the age where they have a part-time job, they're babysitting or, you know, whatever, right. and they're starting to have money in their own hands. Mm-hmm. And it would be great for them to start thinking about, well, what's the best use of this? And it might not just be spending it on candy, which is what our <laughs> youngest daughter is going to do yeah. every time she makes a dollar. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that's, that's all good stuff. All right. Um, um, Kirk and I had put together a bunch of questions in, sure. in preparation for the show, and some of them we've touched on already, and, and some of them we haven't. Well, I, you know, I, I I had one that came oh, up sure. that came yeah. up. I think during that phone call that we had, you referenced something about, um, you know, if you have low, you know, if you have credit cards, and then just transferring them to like another zero percent, you know, credit card. Yeah. And you hear, you know, people do that, and, and people, sure. people ask that question, and I just wondered, Peter, you know, what what kind of effect on your credit does oh, that have? That's interesting. Or do you know? Um, well, first, let me just say, as a word of caution, for ev- all con- everyone um, who's dealing with any of these deals that sound great, all I can say is, first, just do your homework. Research them. So, yeah. generally, as a rule, when you go from credit card A to credit card B and you transfer everything over, there's almost always fees and costs. Yeah, They're the not doing print? it for free. Yeah. So, Everyone who does this, read the fine print. Yeah. There's lots of things, I hate to say it, but there's lots of, and I don't want to get down the negative road, but there's a lot of scams out there. Mm. There's lots of people that are willing to separate you from your money um, online and out there that look reputable. So I would say just with caution, you know, think about definitely looking at a zero credit um, card. But do your homework first, because many times in small print, for the for the privilege of allowing you to move your money from to our, this card, we're going to charge you a one-time fee of X or a one-time percentage of mm-hmm. X. And then another thing you have to look at, look at the fine print of the interest rate. Look at a fine print of their fees if you're late. Things such as if you're one day late, you know, in small, small print that nobody can read. If you're one day late on your payment, you know, we're going to charge you a $50 fee. Because mm-hmm. they're making yeah. all kinds of money on, on human nature, I hate right. to tell you. Yeah. And so doing a zero can be fine, and um, it, it, it won't help your credit rating. It shouldn't help your credit rating well, at all. You well, just it hurt. You, no, it shouldn't hurt or help because it's the interest rate you've changed. It's not right. the amount of the balance. It can help if you can pay down the debt faster yes. and get that available if, credit. If you that know, helps available. you do that, yeah. Which yeah. interesting in that you mentioned before, um, Allison, about the uh, about the whole about the whole idea of paying down your high interest rate first. Just to tell you in the industry, they, they have a term for that. They call that avalanche, and I don't know why. The w- one method <laughs> sounds is... sounds like a bad thing. Uh, pay, if you pay yeah. off the highest interest rates first, which makes sense, yeah. that's called avalanche. If you pay off smaller right. amounts first, in other words, this credit card has a lower it balance. it feels better to pay it off. That's called snowball. Those no, are both negative it, terms. No, well, well they, 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 they yeah. consider them in, in our industry. They don't, they don't say that they're negative or positive. They just 
discipline. They say that some people's philosophy is, yeah. I feel better if I can get rid of a oh, lot sure. of snowballs, sure. Sure. pay yes. them sure. off. Yeah. Yeah. That helps it me does. then apply that money to the bigger yeah. guy or pay off the bigger guy that's at 29% interest, yeah. which is generally the right thing to do. Yeah. Get rid of that guy and then you know work your way toward the smaller balances yeah. later. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, one other thing I wanted to say when you mentioned earlier about paying off the highest interest rate first, I mean, if you had a, if you had a, it depends on what the, if it's a really small balance though, and it's in, I, I would look at the dollars, you know, figure yeah. out what the actual yeah. dollars are that you're paying in interest. Yeah. And to me, I would kind of look at it that way. But generally and, the higher interest rate card is the higher balance because you can't pay it down as fast. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not always. But yes. Yeah. But yeah, of course it, it all depends. And it, and it depends on how much free cash there is available. If there's not That's, enough free cash to overpay the high interest rate debt, then get rid of the snowball and, exactly. and you'll have more cash. But, it, I, I but, told, that, but that makes right. sense. But yeah. you know, half, half of, half of finances is, is psychology. And that and that yeah. and that snowball thing that works for a lot of people. And if that gets their momentum mm-hmm. going, then okay, you know, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. But it's not a snowball rolling downhill that gets bigger <laughs> and is a bad thing, which is another right. term that we. I'm surprised one of them is not like yeah. the slippery slope. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, effect, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about well, we talked about? Oh, how significantly does your credit score or your credit? affect interest rates when you apply for debt like let's use a mortgage for example yep mm-hmm. um like if you know if you have a 720 versus a 750 like how what's the swing in your interest rate that might be offered to you <clears throat> well what what, what, what peter's I peter's so prepared here i wish you guys could see peter he he's got all of his well, information sprawled out on the table he's so prepared for today um, so, so this is what I can tell you. I mean, I can tell you some things about your question, some things I can't. Okay. I can't translate a score into a percentage rate. That that okay. is what each sure. individual yep. lending institution. You're not a bank. Okay. I'm not a bank. <laughs> okay. Uh, but each yeah. credit union, mortgage lender, bank, though they're the ones with the money. Mm-hmm. They all make <laughs> their own decisions about how they lend their money and what level of risk they tolerate. Yep. So from their own perspective, they figure that out. The board gets together in the big shiny m- marble table or whatever it is yeah. and decides <laughs> yeah. all that. Do they have those that. green marble tables you know, Or anymore? whatever it is, the big wooden yeah, table yeah, yeah. that's like a yeah. mile long. Yeah. And they decide that amongst them. <clears throat> How conservative do we want to be? Yeah. So all that's done behind the scenes. And then, yes, you show up and they, they're going to make some assessment of risk about you. How do they do that? They look at your credit rating. They look at all these things about you. They get every piece of paper they have on you. All that gets put together into who you are, what your payments are, mm-hmm. and then in the end, they've determined as an institution, and this is where credit scores often come in as a point of entry or access, that some of them might say, as an example, I'm looking at one right now, for, for those who are trying to get a first-time mortgage, mm-hmm. if you're a first-time home buyer, a typical really good lender is, and it's quasi-governmental, it's called Mass Housing. Mm-hmm. Mass Housing provides loans and provides 3% down payment mm-hmm. loans. It's a great deal for first-time home buyers. Yep. The cost of entry to that is you have to have typically a 680 or better to get the best rate they're going to give you. So, Which is the a, benchmark we used at the Money Fair, by the way, Peter. Aren't we so accurate? So, so, But everyone has different rates. That's the point I'm making, the, the point of entry. So here's the little joke about it that I kind of think I think of whether it's fair or not every lender has this right to, to dictate their point of entry so I think of it way back remember when you were kids and you go to the you go to the fair you go to the Marshfield fair yeah. and it says you must be 40 inches tall right. to ride the right. to ride this uh, ride you're 38 you're screwed there's nothing <laughs> you can do about <laughs> yeah. it you, yeah. you can't get in 
because they said 40. Well, these creditors have decided their entry point, and for some of them it's 640, 660, 680, 700. To get a better rate, the higher you go, it's sure. inversely proportional. So the higher your rates are in the 700s, the yeah. lower interest rates they'll allow. It's inversely proportional like a seesaw. Yeah. I mean, my assumption is <clears throat> that if you have um, good credit, I don't know, Maybe I don't know the definition of that is seven fifty or above or so, so, something like that. If you have good or exceptional credit, my assumption is that the, the banks are sort of putting you in a bucket of well, this person has great credit, maybe yes. this person has average credit, credit, and this That's person right. has poor credit. Correct. And whatever bucket you fall in, regardless of the exact number, because as you mentioned earlier in the show, your number can be different by the three different agencies anyway, and, and different based on the type of credit they pull. Mm-hmm. Once you fit in that bucket, probably your your the interest rate offered to you is is going to be consistent for anyone in that bucket or or similar. Yes. And then they're sort of bucket, and then if you have average credit well then your your interest rate offered is going to be in a different range and then if you have poor credit it's either not going to be offered to you or it's going to be a much higher interest rate um yeah i mean it was my understanding that the specifics whether your credit score is 780 or 810 your interest rate is probably offered to you is probably not going to be much like if someone says i would like a mortgage i have a 780 and the other person says i'd like a mortgage i i'm an 810 then it's pro- they're probably going to be offered like the same interest rate, right? It's not. I don't think it's as specific as it's. They're not splitting hairs, I guess, is is what I'm asking. Well, well, it, it kind of brings us back to uh, basically what we said earlier, which is the five C's again. Don't forget that when I mentioned the five C's, which we had to do with... I wrote the, them down. Co- and, uh, well, I, I'm going yep, to just go. repeat them for everybody. So <laughs> yeah. that your capacity, how much money you're making, your cl- capital, how much money you have like in savings or reserve, yep. the collateral, the asset itself, your own character and what your trustworthiness, your your record, your credit score, and the conditions that you're doing it. Those are all the things that a lender is going to look at. Yeah. Your credit score is but one sure. huge yeah. factor of it, yeah. but yep. there's more to it than simply a score. Right. There is many other things things about, hmm, is that Peter? Is he a good risk? Yeah. How has he done these things? How has he managed these? Does he have any reserves? Does he have a steady job? What if I, like, here's an example of something that drives creditors crazy. If I was mm. to go in to borrow money and I just changed my job, mm. I've been a yeah. credit counselor for three years, yeah. and I decided to go out and make cakes now, yeah. I decided to be a baker, yeah. they would say to me, no, I'm not going to lend you money. Yeah. How do we know you're going to be a good baker and make money? Or especially if you're self-employed. Yeah. That's even. So that's, e- that's even. That's another yeah. factor in their yeah. calculus. You know, they're going to start to look about. Hey, you know, you know, you, you, that may not work for you. I, I don't know. Bakers are like all the rage lately. Like all <laughs> well, these like, cupcakeries. I, I'm and sorry, I picked on any yeah. bakers out there, but I'm just saying. <laughs> the point is, you've changed. Six bucks dis- a cupcake. You've changed disciplines, and yeah. uh, what about like yeah. um, retired oh. folks um, that you know they don't have a tri- you know, but they do have. They typically they might have social yeah, security, yeah. which is a which is basically guaranteed income. It maybe it might be lower than what they were earning in their working years, but it, but it's guaranteed. So that, I mean, can they still go out and apply for credit and mortgages and this and that and the other thing? Absolutely. the The answer is everybody can go out and apply. Um, <laughs> well, well, that's that's the reality. Everyone can apply, yeah. and and according to the institution you happen to go to, you may get different answers based yeah. on their credit risk. So that's all I can really tell you. So it never hurts to shop around. Number one, but having a steady income is a great thing. It goes back to hate to sound like an old record here, but it goes back to your budget. If that person's budget for that elderly person or whoever's on a fixed income is able to manage their income flow of what they make on Social Security versus the the 
amount of debt they have. I have an elderly neighbor who lives next to me who's paid off her house. So mortgaging and rent, it has nothing to do with her income anymore. It's irrelevant. So, but her situation, I don't know her situation specifically, but I know in general, she does have a solid income coming in from the government. She has certain level of expenses. They'll do this debt to income ratio. This yeah. is where some of those infamous ratios come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The government well, they're not infamous lo- to me. They're, they're just, yeah, well, they just ratio. The, the, but this world loves to have all the little acronyms. So yeah. the DTI, yeah. what's your DTI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your debt to income ratio. Yeah. Well, if I'm making $5,000 and I have you know $3,000 in debt, uh, $3,000 in expenses, there's 3000 over over five, which means I have a 60% debt to income ratio. I would never make it. You, that's too high. Mm-hmm. They want you to have a debt to income ratio that's typically in the 30s or 40s. Okay. So therefore, everyone can know their own income, look at your expenses, and if you find yourself in the 45%, 50% range, you're probably not a good candidate for a loan. You're too leveraged. Let's take a quick break. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're, we're uh, chatting this morning with Peter Mullen of American Consumer Credit Counseling. We've been talking about credit and credit scores and the like, which is awesome because I don't know that I've ever done a show with a um, credit counselor here in studio. You're welcome, so sure, for all this great information. I'm um, joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed. If anyone has any questions, we're here uh, another 25 minutes or so, 781-837-4900, or you can text 781 781- Seven seven five zero one one six. We're going to take a quick break. We come right back. This is Alyssa McNamara Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. When I hosted the most recent Smart with Money Fair for the Marshfield High School seniors, we went through an exercise comparing investing an amount of money over 40 years versus investing that same total amount of money over 20 years. The end result for the person who saved longer was more than twice the amount of the other persons. This is a hypothetical exercise, of course, but the point remains save early and save often. If I can help you save early and often, visit our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. You own a business, or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality, and you just might be somewhat overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing retirement, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and costs of their current benefits? Oh, and by the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job. You have better things to do. Gallagher Benefits of Boston and Quincy are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Gallagher Benefits offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insight, understanding, and answers. Let Gallagher handle the headaches. Visit the web at ajg.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. AJG.com. The South Shore's breaking news, weather, and traffic station. WATD FM Marshfield. WATD Brockton. Hi, this is Mike McNamara. How do you find a financial advisor that you can trust and who will take good care of you? Not easy. We would suggest that you listen to McNamara on Money on Saturday mornings here on WATD from 8 to 10 a.m. It's an easy way to get to know our family of four financial advisors who are also certified financial planner practitioners. 781-834-2010 or McNamaraFinancial.com. This is 95.9 WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts. 
Massachusetts, the South Shores radio station. You are listening to McNamara on Money. Please give us a call at 781-837-4900 with your questions or comments. Okay, Alyssa, let's get back to business. Good morning. Back to business it is. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show here on 95.9 WATD. We are live and in studio this morning. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. My co-host this morning is my husband, Kirk Reed. We've been pretty consistent co-hosting together. This has been an uptick in the last couple years. We used to... Every other other week, more or less. Uh, And we've been chatting with Peter Mullen of American consumer credit counseling and I think this has been an awesome show Peter thank you so much for being here Um, if anyone has questions we actually got a a question via text a minute ago which we'll get to in one minute I just wanted to give out the number uh, real quick 781-837-4900 is the number at the studio if you want to call in with questions or um, to text a question 781-775-0116 we did get a question during yes. the break, so, so go we, ahead. So we got a, uh, a question came in via text message. Uh, so I'll just read it here real quick, and then um, Peter can kind of try to address it. So uh, it says, I am 74 years old, in good health, $20,000 income from pension and social security. I am $20,000 in credit card debt and have paid on time the last seven years. My card just died. Should I file for bankruptcy so I can buy a car to get to a job? I had to quit last the last one because of the car. So, so $20,000 a year of income, $20,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And need a car. And need a car. In order to, to, in order to make to more money. Get to a job to make more money to right. pay the debt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a question about you know bank, if, whether bankruptcy is, is a potential route to travel there. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you can you can you text can you text this person back? Yeah. Because what I would like to know is of the twenty thousand dollars a year of income, what's your what is the available amount to pay down the debt with? You know, how much per month can this person realistically free up to pay towards the debt? Yeah. I guess without considering an ex. It, it, I guess the next question would be, well, if you did have the car to get to the job, then there would be more. But without without going that route for a moment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is the amount available based on that fixed income to pay mm-hmm. down debt? Pretty important <coughs> factor. We were talking about budgeting earlier. What's your right. what's your free cash? What's your available or what's your ability to pay down the debt based on the numbers mm-hmm. currently? Um, I'm guessing probably very little or non-existent because there is credit, there is debt, and maybe debt has debt either accrues due to like a, a one large purchase, or debt accrues over time because of an inability to meet expenses on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Meaning you're spending yep. more than you're taking home. It's usually one of those two things, or it could be a combination. Um, so the pertinent factor. Um, well, but yeah, maybe Peter. Can we'll just see if he answers speak generically. Who, yeah. What, what, what would you? Well, here's here's how I'd, I would approach this with this um, with this person. Um, the first thing again, I would go back to budget, just like you were just alluding to, yeah. which is helping. Uh, we want to understand more about the background. So it, it's never you can just 
straight up answer a question directly. You have to get more info to yeah. be able to answer the question. Yeah, just so um, did he respond to that? What did he yeah, say? Um, so, so therefore, the, the, you, you want to know more about what their budget, what their capability, what their capacity is with the money they're making and what they're trying to spend. Yeah. So yes, you're right. Ultimately, trying to pay off the credit card debt, what does that look like on a monthly basis? How much more room is there to help pay that off or not? Yeah. So you've worked all those factors. Let's just say we worked as hard as we can and her income can't go up any higher, her expenses can't go any lower. If that's the situation she finds herself in, um, and that there's no possibility for overtime or another job or walking a dog or whatever it might be, being 74, she may not want to walk dogs, but the car just died, then here's my, my question I would ask. Again, we're trying to be impartial. I would say, do you really need a car? I would just ask the question, yeah. are there any other things you could do not having a car? And then we we kick that around because cars are very, very expensive. As you know, it's the car itself, it's mm -hmm. the insurance, it's the gas, it's the maintenance. They add up to a lot. So if you could get away without a car, I would want to explore that. If the answer was no, right, now we're back to this is this it is it is what it is. Yeah. I would suggest to most folks bankruptcy she mentioned is always a last resort. Yeah. So let me just explain a little bit about bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is think of it as of the options you have in front of you. You have many things like I've already said many times. You try to increase your income, decrease your expenses. You try to see if the creditor will allow you to spread things out. You talk human with them and you say, hey, can we work out a deal? Can we do lower payments? Can you lower my interest? You'll find that some may or may not respond. If you could do all that and you get to the end point, don't forget what I mentioned earlier about the debt management plan. We offer it, but other companies do as well. So one al alternative this person could do is a debt management plan would take the $20,000 in credit card debt, it's also known as unsecured debt, and then they would come out with a plan that says, you know, knowing what she can afford, if we were to work out this figure, again, if once they've done the math, we you would pay us a regular figure of X, and then we'll pay off your credit card debt within three to five years. That's, okay. the, that's the deal. Yes, you'll pay some little extra over the thing because of some fees. Bankruptcy, if that didn't work, there's two types of bankruptcy out there that people can choose. And again, not highly advised, but they're possible within the realm of your possibilities. Chapter 7 bankruptcy is what individuals do when they're so buried in so much debt that they they go to a court basically and they they help plead the case that I have all these debts credit card mortgage car whatever it might be I can't pay them so through the uh, judgment of a court they can declare them bankrupt in chapter 7 and all of their assets are liquidated everything they own is liquidated and they do still try to pay off the creditors the best they can if you choose Chapter 7 bankruptcy, though, this stays on your credit report for 10 years. Remember how I said earlier, typically bad things stay on for 7? This one stays on for 10 or more. Okay. Okay? The other thing that people could do is Chapter 13, which is basically a payment plan. That's the friendlier one. It's, it's, it's a little friendlier, <laughs> a little less hurt. It hits you for 7 years on your credit report. But what that is is when, again through the courts and through, um, you know, the working with a the court, they will come up and first see if you're eligible. Because again, they're not going to allow you to do Chapter 13 if you can't afford the payment. It's almost like the debt management plan I mentioned before. In the end, if we work out a plan for you to pay off your debts in the next three to five years, and it requires that you have to put out $700 per month to make that happen, and we do the math, 
and you can't afford $700 per month, then you can't file for Chapter 13 because you can't even pay the payment that's needed to make sustain that. Well, I think that that's probably what's happening in in this situation is if this person can't afford to pay off this one debt, I don't think that filing for bankruptcy is going to allow them to take on another debt. Unless they did Chapter 7, the more extreme. Yeah. That's so, again. Kirk, excuse me, can you ask this person if they own a home? Uh, sure. And I did ask about, you know, if they had any monthly money available to pay down the debt and they yeah. said, they said very little, yeah. um, you know, and they said they actually had a medical accident, oh, you know, so okay. there's some other, oh, you know. Awful. Can, can you ask if they own a home? And well, well, they just said no. So I think they're listening. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's okay. in response right. to that question. Yeah. You know, what my mind immediately went to, if they own a home, if there is equity in the home, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, another sort of type of last resort, but I would go toward using equity in a home before talking about bankruptcy if they owned a home and could do a reverse mortgage at age 74 or something that potentially yes. a solution but in the um because this person doesn't own a home bankruptcy might there might not be other options if yes. there's not family that can help out or um right. can, can this person you know can, can, is there a family member you can move in with lower your expenses you know I, a- a- absolutely yeah. i yeah. would love to encourage them to again consider all the things in front of them yeah. family friends yeah. Uh, uh, co- co- pe- people going into apartment together. I mean, yeah. sometimes people just don't think outside the box. Sure. Maybe you and another person, yeah. uh, similar age, similar situation, get together in yeah. a, an apartment together, get yeah. a condo together. Um, might there be other assets? So sometimes part of the whole structure is to analyze what fixed assets. You asked before about yep. the, um, um, the the money you might have on the side being liquid. Well, let's ask about the assets you might have that aren't liquid. Right. 401k yeah. or some other pension. Now, you don't want to have to touch them, but again, if you're in an extreme yep. situation, yep. these are probably preferable to bankruptcy. If you could, you know, sell that painting you have, get rid of that coin collection, yeah. you know, do some things which are painful maybe, yeah. but, you know, it's all back to values. In the end, Money is a value statement, uh, how you want to, you know, what you choices you make. And sometimes some values uh, make you do things that you don't necessarily want to do. But yeah. relative to the bad, you, you make a decision that, hey, as adults, we have to make. Yeah, I'm assuming there's no other assets or in this situation. So, okay, so if there are no assets that can be utilized, there's no equity in the home, maybe there's no option to move in with someone, lower expenses. Um, can, can you talk this person then through Chapter 7 bankruptcy? Would this person be able to buy a car if they... Per- is that even a solution? No, I, I I don't believe that they would be able to buy a car because that's considered an asset, and they right. would, if you it's had a, it, that would be liquidated. So, yeah, yeah. chapter seven again. Let me start also by saying I'm not here to provide any legal advice. I'm not here to tell you the ins and outs of the legal aspects of seven or thirteen. You would have to. Anyone listening has to consult their own lawyer yeah. to, to t- determine how this fits for them. But I don't think in her case. Given that, again, on the given that she needs a car, that's we've already determined that's a given. You can't have an asset like a car that's yeah. worth X amount of thousands and then keep uh, it because seven means you liquidate everything. Yeah. You liquidate it all. You're at the mercy of the court. The court comes back and says, this is the situation. The benefit you get is freedom from all that debt. That's the one Benny you get. And the downside is you can't you can't you take nothing. out any debt. You can't get a loan <laughs> no, probably no. for a very long period exactly. of time. You, you're not going to get a loan for the car. No, no, not right. for a good period of time because right. you look on your credit report. Bankruptcy. Yeah. They're going to say, hmm, 
Yeah. I think this person is not yeah. someone I want to lend money so to. So, yeah. so it sounds like bankruptcy uh, is probably so probably not the right um, route for this person, probably. Um, but but perhaps maybe you know one of the things we talked about earlier is maybe maybe they they try to negotiate with the credit card company. Uh, perhaps in this case, that might be one of the only options they have. Th- that could be one one type of option. Yes, if she explains the situation about her fixed income, and that was one question I did have for her. I wasn't clear. Actually, I don't know if it's a him or her. I anyway. keep saying well, him, yeah. and you yeah. keep saying oh, her. So I, I look over I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know I, him or her. Um, I, I wasn't clear if if the income they were making was fixed or she's actually going to a job. She needs the car. It, but I thought I, you well, said 20, she had fixed income. 20000 a I, I believe, year I believe, I believe at this point the only income that's coming in is fixed. She, then, then, then the question that I am, again, just plain devil's advocate, why does she need a car to go to a job? She well, doesn't need a car to go to a job. She wanted more income to pay down the debt. That's what it was. He or she wanted more okay. income to pay down the debt, which... Is the right response? Yes. That, that's the right response. Absolutely. I'll go. I'll go so work. T- so, yeah. so they they had a job, but the, yeah. but when the car died, they oh. had to, they had to quit the job. So oh, awful. so they had both fixed income and right. A job but income. then they lost they lost so, the job due to the car. Okay, dying. so yeah. they would have then more income if they had yeah. the car. Right. Correct. So okay. Right. So that's right. an investment. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like they need the money uh, up front to get the car right. to get the job, which right. will give them more money right. to pay off the car and the debt. Right. So there is a kind of a link. So maybe again, I would say is. Is there any other uh, available folks? Um, like, for instance, let me just say, again, yeah. a corner where she lives or he lives, might there be public transportation they can take? Might there be vans that, you know, you saw, I know in Marshfield, there there's like a senior the citizen's Gatrip, van. The bu- there's oh, certain, right, there's yeah. certain vans that you saw. I mean, yeah. I, when I was a Marshfield, by the way, when I was a selectman, I was very much pushing for something that went around the town, like a trolley kind of an idea yeah. in Marshfield that would do this very thing a for trolley free. trolley would be adorable. You know, like Mr. Rogers' a, Neighborhood. A yeah. little, yeah, or whatever. Just to, so yeah. the Marshfield trolley with you know, there's Daniel Webster's face on the side or whatever, and he <laughs> yeah. says, "Come or, or, on, or mine, because your or face, we, or I would underwrite it." You know, yeah. <laughs> and it would say, "You know, <laughs> jump on board, come on, just I'll free. take you to the beach. I'll take you to Brent Rock, or yeah. maybe like yeah. uh, like a church. Sometimes you know exactly. they you know they do stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, my my yeah. my uh, stepfather. Um, you know what? Used a church a lot, and they helped that's, him out tremendously. That's a good idea. There might be organizations that they this person can receive transportation from yes. to and from a job. At yeah. least maybe. Yeah. Temporarily yeah. until yeah. they yes. until they can start saving yeah. some cash exactly. and then and then yeah. All right. If if this per, if this person has further questions, they can um, feel free to to send us a message. Yeah, or, I, I just have or another yeah, question. or you know if you're if if you're still listening, which I you know sounds like you are, um, you know. Feel free to call. You know, Peter. Maybe give out your information one more time. Oh yes, um, thank you. Just in case, in case they want to call and and talk a little more. And I know you said you know the initial consultation is free. Um, yes, um, I, I work at American Consumer Credit Counseling. It's in Newton, but the people rarely visit us, visit us physically. It's all on the phone. Call one eight hundred seven six nine three five seven one. We have about 50 counselors on site, and what they would do is just proceed to listen to you, hear what your situation is, and they would work with you online to build a budget online, and they pull your credit only with your with your approval. That would all be absorbed into the system that we have, and then that would help drive questions for you and help determine, you know, just what your options are. Yeah, it's all that free. certainly all be helpful. Free. All right, I had. We have about um, ten. Eight I actually 10 have minutes. some more questions. Oh, you do. Oh, fair. Yeah. Go, go. This is great. Um, I'm so glad we found that phone in my purse since <laughs> la- that we haven't seen since like last summer. Okay, go ahead. So this one. I think this one's a little more straightforward. And um, so, question is: I'm a year away from retirement, 
Uh, I have ample savings and will have annual retirement income of $70,000 between pension and Social Security before taxes. Okay. Uh, I have a home equity line of credit that will expire in two years, uh, but nothing nothing on it at the moment. Uh, Just a rainy day fallback. Should I renew it before retirement? I would say yes. What would you say, Peter? I would say absolutely. Well, I would just ask the question, why do you feel you need the home equity line of credit? Well, it sounds like they just have it as a safety net. um, Fallback. Just in case. Is Is it the only liquid money you have available? Is there any other sources of income, or do you have any other savings? It, it did, they did say they have pl- they have savings. Okay, then 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 I guess I would just ask the the, the old question of uh, why why do you feel you need it? I understand it's safety, but it's a back to a credit uh, a values question. Do you want to pay for that, um, and do you feel that you'd use it at whatever X price the uh, interest rate is, or can you do without it? Well, I, I like to recommend my clients have it available to them, okay. not necessarily borrow from okay. it unless something comes up, like if you are going to purchase a car and yep. interest rates are reasonable at the time, yep. and it, maybe you get a better um, interest rate on your equity line than, than the car dealership would give you, I, or yeah. just like yeah. as a fallback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't use it to replace an emergency mm-hmm. reserves, but like as a fallback and yeah, from fine. what I understand it doesn't as long as you keep an equity line open for a couple of years they, there's no cost as long as there's no it. cost that's yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my last caution oh fair if enough if you're not yeah. paying any fees yeah. or any interest yeah. to keep it alive yeah. I'd say I don't see any reason why not and definitely it. do it before but if retirement it, if it has an annual it, yeah. fee which often things oh, do yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. they say hey you can have this but here's what it costs you right. then right. that's the value choice yeah and I would say before you retire because right now you have but yeah, that's I presumably mean, income is more than fixed income in retirement. Income now is more than fixed income in retirement. Better position to you're in a better position to be a borrower. So they responded and just said, you know, they basically have it for available for short term, large ticket items. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I think that's and they perfect. Said, they said it's fifty dollars a year is what the cost to, okay. to keep oh, it. Yeah. Then, then yeah. I think and that, it's that presumably sound, a high ceiling. That sounds reasonable, yeah. Yeah. and you're going to sleep better at night having that. It's kind of your emergency go to fund, yeah. and you feel like you have the ability to. You're not you're abusing it. Yeah. So you'd use it, you know, because of an emergency, pay it off, good. And by, I, I, that sounds very reasonable. And by the way, some banks don't don't charge an annual fee so, to hold yeah, an equity line. Yeah, I think line. some do, some don't. But that's, I mean, that's reasonable, I think. Like I mean, ours is, yeah. as long as we didn't close it in the first few years, there was no there's no cost for it, no annual. But that's just FYI. But I would say right. yes before retirement. And I think to the it, question, I mean, I, I my understanding is that it's, Easier to to apply for that type of a loan while you while you're working. I mean, in this person's case, they're going to have a pretty nice, uh, pretty you know, good fixed, fixed income. income. Uh, yep. yeah, so but I, presumably, I earnings are higher now. Right. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do, are there other questions there? Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody asked, uh, "How would Chapter 13 come into play?" I filed, and two years into it, was surprised to find I had a 720 score. This person um, filed for bankruptcy and still had a 720 credit score. Yeah, it, I mean that's certainly possible. It's it's just, but again, it's one factor out of many. Um, so certainly that would have impacted them. Um, but I I'm, I wonder what their score was prior to the uh, filing of the Chapter mm-hmm. 13. Um, I would dare say, and I, again, I can't tell you the numbers. It depends on the agencies, but certainly their credit score probably would have gone down filing Chapter 13. But at the same time. Chapter 13 is the situation where you are responsibly managing your debt. You're on your payment plan, so he's You're on paying a payment down plan. Debt. You're yeah. paying it down. If you yeah. keep up to your payments and the payment plan says pay uh, $500 a month from for the next five years, I keep up with it. I pay it on time. I'm being responsible. I'm showing that I'm good. I'm, I'm Everything's great. That's not a, That's a good thing. 
yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And with Chapter 13, you're you're allowed to keep your assets, right? C- like certain a, assets you're allowed to keep. Y- your right. car, no, no matter what type of car it is. I'm, they don't force yes. liquidation. It, it, th- those are all decisions made by yeah. the court. When you get to okay. that point, the court will decide what needs to be liquidated, liquidated and what doesn't. Okay. And um, there's some kind of a plan made out between you and all the, the debt, the creditors, and the court. And the court finally decides. Okay. So presumably this person had a pretty high credit score. Probably. Then something happened and yes. and job loss or whatever yep. and yep. Um, had to file for Chapter 13 and then probably just worked. Credit score probably took a hit immediately and then credit score worked itself up as he was exactly. as the debts were being paid down. He probably negotiated lower mm-hmm. negotiated lower interest rates or whatever. Yeah the, yeah, the reality is, and it kind of goes back to a few callers ago or the text that you read, um, Kirk, which was I think that they had mentioned medical debt. The reality is, here's one of the tough things for all of us in yeah. life. We, we all can be going along, cruising along, cruising along, and then you have a death, or you have a medical, uh, something medical happens. Or like I had a woman who I was yeah. counseling who her husband was the breadwinner. Well, he died of a heart attack. Oh. Well, all of a sudden, you know, now she faced not only with less income, but now she doesn't really know how to manage all mm-hmm. the things. It's, he was doing it. Mm-hmm. So you can have all these things that happen. So here's just one last kind of a takeaway for the whole thing is, a good thing, not just with credit, but in budgeting in general, and it also goes back to the recent government shutdown, mm, and that's this. Yeah. Everyone should have, here's my little preaching now, everyone should have some amount of money set aside yeah. because of the realities of life is we don't know when something is going to happen, but it is going to happen. Your, your your car tire will blow, your water heater will die, um, something will happen where the, the, the hurricane comes and blows the shingles off your roof. Insurance covers so much, but you have deductibles and so on. So have a little pool of money set aside. You will definitely sleep Did easier. you see that Wall Street Journal article, 40%? 40% of Americans can't handle a $400 emergency, I, I, which means they have almost nothing I, I, I have in savings. That. And that's a yes. huge percentage it's, of Americans, and it's really, really sad. Yeah, it, you always need to have an emergency reserves account. It, it's yeah. extremely sad when you think of one other thing that I actually just did a little talk on this this week. It's not only that they don't have the money, but think of the alternatives, the options they have when you don't have money. Right. If I had to come up with a 1000 right now card, and yeah. had zero money... I could what? Max out my credit cards, go to a loan shark. Mm. I could go to one of those check cashing stores. I can I can do what? I can borrow some money from maybe some high interest rate, uh, or could crash your retirement early, which yeah. is not go, good. Yeah. Raid your retirement, yeah. 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 or yeah. Yeah. worse than that, go to my brother-in-law and say, hey, you know, put my tail between my legs and say, hey, can you give me a thousand bucks? You yeah. know, so these are all these yeah. are all things yeah. that uh you know that are not less than desirable. Right. Um, We've got about just like a minute left. I, I just wanted to give out Peter's contact information again. Um, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Join us this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed. You can find us at McNamaraFinancial.com. We were chatting this morning with Peter Mullen, who's been, this has been a great show, Peter. Thank you so thank much. You. Very knowledgeable with thank regards you. to what you do. Um, you can call his organization, which is the American Consumer Credit Counseling Organization, uh, you can find them at consumercredit.com, and you can also call them at 800-769-3571. Again, that's consumercredit.com, 
800-769-3571. And you can find us at McNamaraFinancial.com. Peter, thank you so much for your time this morning. This was great. We will have you back again in the future. Thank you so and much. Thank, it was great. And thank you for being at our money fair last week yes. and for your and for your dedication to the, uh, the high school students in town. Um, well, that's it. That's a wrap. Have, have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.